right. So, Daniel, there was some concern during the week that Alejandro's Garnacho head might be getting a bit too big. So much so that Ten Hag has refused to give him a permanent spot in the, the dressing room, apparently. How big do you, head, do you think his head's going to be now? However big it is, it is not big enough. <laughs> that was yeah. a very, very joyous moment. It really was. In- an re- extremely joyous weekend. It, well, for though I mean, England won the Cricket World Cup, yep. which I found an extremely joyous moment. Yep. We sort of compensated for the fact that I've spent the last two days, I nailed myself with sulfuric acid yesterday. Uh, how do you manage to do that? There's a story I know we there. like to give you, here, here's some home improvement tips. Do not inhale sulfuric acid, anyone. <laughs> what well, um, So I was... Just in blocked. case, yeah. The <laughs> bath was blocked. And my wife was hectoring me to get a plumber in. As you might imagine, I was not keen to get a plumber in because yep. plumbers are expensive and that, etc. So I asked a friend who's a property developer if he had any plumbers because our usual plumber was not available. And he said, now what you need to do is you need to go to this shop and get yourself this one-shot one cleaner, is called, and just squirt it down and that'll do it. So I went to the shop where it said on the front something like, Take your mask off. There is no COVID here. And it also said one school child at a time. And I was kind of, <laughs> we all spent our youth hanging out in plumber shops. I go in, the guy behind this is so deeply unpleasant. And he's got a Watford tattoo on his calf. Um, so I get the one-stop shop thing and I, I go and I, and I do it. But I, I'm, I'm high, a highly clumsy individual and I, I spill a couple of the drops on the bath. So while it's doing its stuff, and let me tell you, like the buzz and the fizz is extremely exhilarating. And I know that because <laughs> I'm extremely clumsy, I'd be dead careful not to get it on my exposed skin. And um, so it's doing its hissing and buzzing. And I'm like, yeah, baby, this shit's working. I've also dropped a couple of the bits on the bath. So I've got my face over the plug hole, wiping them away so that I don't get aggravation for doing that. And then... About an hour later, I noticed that I'm having trouble swallowing. And that continued until today. And then I woke up this morning, just felt like, not just that I hadn't slept, but like I'd been out for about a generation. <laughs> and, uh, and it transpired that, yeah, one is meant to apply the uric acid in a well-ventilated room and then not put one's face in extremely close proximity to it thereafter. But yeah, very strong acid sort of sounds like yeah, I want a bit of that. But <laughs> you, do not want do. This, you do not want a bit of this. Next However, time, you need your plumbing sorted out. Get a man round to do it for you. No, 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 no. I mean, I would swap <laughs> what my uncomfortable day for for the money that I saved. And anyway, it was redeemed by Alejandro Garnacho. Just about. Just about. Yeah. Well, strange game, wasn't it? Because what, like, United had what three or four chances in that first half. Marcus Rashford, Martial, not finishing decent chances. Could have been three up at one stage, maybe. But actually, you look at the pattern of the game and and Fulham were pretty good, I thought. Put United under a lot of pressure. William absolutely roasted Tyrell Molassia right back. Um, So in the end, probably got away with one, scoring right at the end. But it was entertaining open games. So Yeah, I mean, oh, they totally got away with that. But I, th- I would say, um, I think you're a little bit harsh on Molassia just because I know he he struggled with, with William, but William didn't actually do anything. And that was partly because of Molassia and partly because of William. But yeah. 
considering that's not his position, I thought he did. I thought he did okay. But we know that United aren't ruthless. And yeah. we, all, we, we, we got punished for that. And also, I mean, it, I'll, I'll tell you what, in the Great Loss podcast of last week, the one on the game against the High, against Villa that never quite made it because my yeah. microphone wasn't working properly, we were taking the piss out of Lindelof, who got substituted for another <laughs> short-ass centre-back with the team about to defend the little set pieces, which was yeah. an absolutely massive kick in the bollocks for him, I thought. I mean, I felt kicked in the bollocks on his behalf. Thought he played pretty well today. Um, he did there right, was quite yeah. a lot of times the ball came into the box, and he was the right, he was in the right position to get rid of it. So uh, I mean, Fulham made a couple of chances from set pieces. I mean, they were clearly trying to get the ball into the box. I mean, clearly that was a, a plan of theirs, and they had a couple <laughs> of very cutting. couple of headers. Dave made a couple of decent saves, didn't he? The double save from the the shot, and then the, from the resulting corner. But it's not like United were under tons of pressure all the time i just i just thought it felt a little bit open and that's why he brought mctominay on didn't need to try and like tighten it up but that straight changed the balance of the attack with bruno having to go wide again again so kind of compromise there trying to fix the openness and that that's what made it an entertaining game i mean 28 shots in this game so um, yeah it was a good game i mean that's something that has been a massive change this season that watching united is not the worst thing you will do on that particular day. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah. And these... Bonus. <laughs> no, this is progress. The, yeah, the the games have actually been fairly entertaining and enjoyable almost. And uh, yeah, the, as you say, like he did, he dropped like that McTominay substitution was a fucking stinker. We all, we could see what he was trying to do. And I think it might have even worked if instead of sticking Bruno wide, he'd have gone something like 4-3-1-2 or something like that. Some so, kind of box midfield, yeah. Or you put yeah. you, you keep McTominay in the middle, you put McTominay in the middle of the pitch, but you keep Bruno in the middle of the pitch too. And you just then go a little bit narrower up front because ultimately they were they were trying to get in behind. And that if you've got two fast forwards, then you can use them to rove about and run in, and still run in behind. They can start wide, they can be split, they can they can play up like a front two, but it shouldn't really affect the way that you're able to play that much. But once you take Bruno off the middle of the pitch, again, like this something, I mean, we said it on Thursday in, in the Great Loss podcast of, 90, of 2022, but we've been saying it for weeks that you have to have the best player in the team in the middle of the pitch on the ball as often as you can get him on the ball because yeah. he's the guy that makes shit happen. And we saw it with the first goal, which was a great goal. Yeah, it was a great goal, and uh, it's almost got another one like that, didn't they? Where the cut back to Eriksson, who missed with his left foot. But yeah, that was that was a really nice break from United, and and Bruno got the ball across. It took a little deflection. I don't think it really changed the path that it was. It was going it was, to. No, I, I agree. It was a really, really good pass from Bruno. But yeah. be- even before that, the challenge from Casemiro is the kind of thing of which we have not seen anything like enough over not just even the past year or the past decade, but even even really while Fergie was still manager, there was still there was still a lack of that kind of behaviour. But a proper crunching tackle from Casemiro and then just two or three, was it three three correct passes, which is amazing what an actual turn up for the books that is and how delightful it is to see. But the way that the awareness of Bruno to be able to kind of open up the body to fade that pass right. across is is why he's the best player in the team. 
Yeah, that's right. And it's it's those like kind of final moments, as well as the finishing from United, which has obviously not been good this season. That's why we're on zero goal difference. It's it's where it breaks down in the final moments, not always making the right decisions because we got flaky forwards. That yeah, was the right I mean, one. I, f- I thought that Rashford actually, I mean, he was much better in the first half than the second half. He was not good at all in the second half. But one of the pleasing things I've noticed about him in, in the last couple of weeks is that, and he says he's working on his hold-up play, and the best centre-forwards in that are particularly really good at using their arse properly. And we've seen quite a few times in the last few games where he's done that. He did it, obviously, for the goal in midweek. And he's also using it now. He's not just when he's in the middle, but out wide to like use stick his arse into people and then use that to roll them off of his arsehole, basically. And mm. like Mark Hughes style. And it, it's such, it's so simple and so important, but it seems like no one's ever really told him to do it. And he is doing it a bit better now, but he he does still... He flits in and out. He was, yeah, he was he was good in the first half and useless in the second half, more or less. Yeah, I, I I like I like the fact that he seems to have a bit more confidence now. He's actually taking on players, even if it isn't quite working all the time. And when in in his lowest moments over the last couple of years, he'll he'll get the ball either run into a blind alley, which he's done a lot, or just have to uh, go backwards and everything breaks down from there. So at least he's got the confidence to take players on. Doesn't always work. But I but like yeah, that, and yeah, a bit more physical, a bit more physical through the middle as well. That's that's great as well. I mean, you can see that Martial has got that right. He can't stay fit, but he just feels a much more natural sort of number nine in that position. They and, just look uh, a much better team because he can't he, he can't play more than seventy minutes or whatever. But he needs, needs, to, be fit, but, needs to be fit for the next game. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Burnley at home three days after the World Cup final. You great need, timing. I mean, just any kind of competent centre forward makes this team better and Martial fit and focused is much better than competent and he was he was quite good today he wasn't he wasn't his his best but in theory he should he should be able to get better well I mean as, as we said as you said before like we don't score enough goals and in theory if a team like Fulham gets involved in an open game with a team like United it shouldn't even be close to close and yeah, it was extremely close. And it's hard. I think, I guess it's because Casemiro, there's only so much ground he can cover mm-hmm. as to why teams, and I mean, particularly the last two games, why teams have been able to get through our midfield so so easily and so, and so frequently. But that is a problem. And I still think that the best version of the te- of Ten Hag's team is going to need a different player in midfield instead of Ericsson, good though I think Ericsson is, that how are you, you just, Ericsson, Bruno, Casemiro just doesn't, does, doesn't seem to cover enough ground. Maybe they'll get better at keeping the ball, so it won't be necessary, but it doesn't, it doesn't look like it at this point. Well, you require Bruno to play deeper and be more conservative I think in order to keep the ball more often than not turn it over and that's where United looked really open in transitions of course that was that's where Fulham scored from wasn't it break um, that was, he, he was out of Bruno and he miscontrolled it and then Malasia was supporting him and totally out of position and it was a classic and, uh, consecutive errors goal from straight yeah. out of uh, late era Ole or even before even like peak Ole where there's just one catastrophic error after another, after another, after another, culminating with a goal. 
The only yeah. thing that was missing was a De Gea fuck up. Yeah, yeah, which he, he managed to not do today. He even Depending. came off his line and, and cleared the ball his feet today, which was shocking. I mean, that, that contract negotiation is not going to win itself, is it? I thought um, that was the sulfuric acid playing tricks on me. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. It, it's, yeah, it was a really bad goal. I, mean, I haven't actually seen what Eric Tenghard said after the game about that he one, did, but I'm sure he wasn't asked about it. He was actually buzzing that, that they'd won. I mean, what the thing about the, that goal actually is in the end, though, all of the errors, like Bruno's, it was an error. In a way, we're being harsh. Like he was trying to do something clever and he was trying to do it in an area of the pitch that he's allowed to try that shit, but yep. it didn't work and there was a massive gap behind him. And then the real, like the biggest error was Shaw. Shaw, Shaw got run off by Daniel James. and Right. And if, if everything else had happened and Shaw had been paying attention, that wouldn't have been a yep. goal. But yeah, but that's, that is classic Luke Shaw, isn't it? Getting out of position and, and not not following yeah, I mean, the man. Yeah, he, had, and, he had an all right position to start with. Daniel James did well, actually. And that was just one of those things when we sold him. It felt like the money we got for him was quite good. But I knew that we were exchanging it for him doing something against us. Yeah. At least it wasn't for Well, these. yeah. And he hasn't really to date, has he? So he's allowed one. He, he did a half celebration, ran off and then decided that he ought to... Not celebrate. I, I'm yeah. Not. I, not, I, I wondered about podcast that. listeners. That no, really, I'm not in favour of that. I think you should that celebrate. Really be the case. Fucking Mark Hughes celebrated when he scored for Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Danny Welbeck went properly mental when he scored against us, and, he, and so they Arsenal. should. I mean, it's it's ludicrous. Like, I don't think less of the players that celebrate. I think less of the play. I think less of the players that don't celebrate. I mean, Daniel, you are not Dennis Law. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, he's still got time. He's still young-ish, uh, but it seems <laughs> unlikely that he will he will make it to to law standards. Yeah, I mean he he actually uh, had another chance, didn't he? After that, uh, with the header, Dan James, and then I don't I don't think it was him who did the overhead kick. I can't remember. Was it Tom Kearney or? I don't um, think it was either of, the, of them. Was yeah, it not, was, maybe it was uh, Vin- Vinicius. Maybe. I, I, yeah, I, maybe. Yeah. But um, I think one of the things that I'm noticing about the way that United play under Ten Hag sometimes is that they are sort of he'll have told them a particular weakness of the opposition, and then they just do it all the time. So against Villa, it was crosses, and yeah. against Villa the second time, it was balls in behind, yeah. and then it was that again today. And it's, it was floated over the top, like wasn't it? A lot play of them. football, play football, but be aware that this is what they do. So when the opportunity to to do it well presents itself then you should do it. But the rest of the time... Not every just, fucking time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just play some football and allow the fact that you have superior players to take to, to pay off. And that, that, that should be it. But yeah, it was just that constant effort to get him behind. And it worked in the end against Villa the second time. It worked again today in the end, but it didn't work against Villa. And it generally won't work. Just... Just play football and be aware of these things rather than trying to perform them the whole time. That's right. Well, and I guess the thing, the substitution that changed the game was was Garnacho coming on. I mean, obviously because he scored the winner, but also just adding a little bit of impetus to United. I mean, he he hit an outrageous pass against Villa for Scott McTominay's goal. Absolutely beautiful ball. And then today he's on the ball and attacking. He's, taking Bobby Reed like immediately, just even, yeah. even his, even the goal that he made for Bruno was it Bruno? The third, was it the third goal that I mean, midweek was good? Yeah, where, where the ball comes to him and it's just 
one pizza quick, right pass, hard, yeah. straight, square pass, which yeah. sounds really simple, but it isn't because most of the others would not have done it. And, That's right. And it's just the ability to do what you need to do when you need to do it and do it really quickly. And that's 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 what I like about him. Gary Neville said that United weren't weren't good at the end, and I didn't actually think that was quite a fair assessment of what happened. United totally lost their way in the second half for about twenty five minutes, but in the last fifteen, they actually created quite a lot of good situations and just fucked them all up. So it wasn't quite. By the end, it looked like if there was going to be a winner, it was going to be United. They just kept making the wrong decisions at the crucial moment or the ball would fall in the wrong yeah. place or whatever it would be. But I actually quite liked the way that they played once Garnacho came on, apart from it was just that in that individual decision-making rather than as a collective, they just collapsed, which they did for that period in the second half. And right. And, and if it's any, any sort of signal, six big chances created today, four of them missed. So that's a lot of <laughs> of really good chances to create and, and to miss. And it seems, you know, it's a, it, it's, I guess, a summary of part of United's problems this season, why we haven't scored enough goals and why we're on zero goal difference. But, but crucially, like not for Earth, what, three, three points off Tottenham in fourth or third or whatever they are. So like in touching distance. So, so we're fifth, aren't we? We're fifth, three fifth, behind Spurs yeah. with the game in hand. We're going to finish above yeah. Tottenham. And if we don't finish above Tottenham, that we probably won't finish fifth either because yeah. Tottenham aren't going to finish in the top four. It's it'd be interesting to see what Newcastle do in the in January window. Do they gamble? Because you know, they can go spend money, clearly. State I mean, wealth yeah, behind them. gambling is, is almost not gambling when you, when you are also the bookmaker, effectively, because you're well, yeah, printing quite. your own money. I think that they're, they're sort of the definition of in a good moment. And yep. them and Arsenal really don't, don't need this break at all. And whether they're going to be able to come back and play like this, who knows? Because you don't know what's going to happen to the players that are at the World Cup. Like yep. Alan Wilson's going to go to the World Cup and potentially not get, get on crocs. the pitch. I don't, I don't think he plays for Brazil, does he? No, he's, Fred, in, the, he's in the squad. Is, he's no, in the no, squad. no, I mean, I know yeah. he's in the squad, but the midfield is Fred Casemiro. It's Fred and, and some, Casemiro, yeah. And someone that isn't him, I think. So you're not quite sure what, what's, what's going to happen with them. And also, it feels like they're playing a team playing at the absolute maximum at the moment. Everything's going for them. It's not necessarily going to be the case. Again, like they are, they are a decent team, Newcastle, and they may strengthen, but we should get more points than that. Yes, should do. Hopefully, <laughs> we'll see. But, I mean, it's, it's surprisingly tight at the top. I mean, I, I guess because really, I mean, City, City of they should have more points than they actually do. So they they've lost a few games they shouldn't Arsenal, have done. Arsenal are overperforming their xG significantly. It's like if you're a nerd, you're you're going to say that that's probably not going to. Last and then Spurs, um, Chelsea, or they Liverpool, get United, Newcastle, all sort of they've got their weaknesses, haven't they? All of them. All I mean, them. yeah, with the Arsenal and the XG thing, like it is possible, obviously, but it is also that they are overperforming the XG, so they regress to the mean at some point. Well, it's also yeah, possible that the confidence of winning those kind of games elevates them, and and, right. and they get and they get better. I mean, so I watched I watched some of Arsenal last night because my wife is doing something else. I guess it's just. Generally, when I get to watch get to watch football on Saturday night like that, but watching the game, I felt like Wolves had the potential to score on the counter, but if they didn't, it felt like you know Arsenal were going to get a goal at some point. It yeah. did feel like that, and I actually was thinking while I was watching it that Odegaard is sort of reminded me 
of why when I want to know about a football team, I don't ask a football writer. I ask sensible people that watch that team because football writers don't watch every game a team plays. Some do. Uh. But so, for example, I am a football writer. When they signed Odegaard, I guess I was quite pleased because I'd seen a fair bit of him and I felt like he wasn't that good. And yeah. people that I know who watch Arsenal regularly thought that I was talking out my ass. And it turns out that I was because they were able to watch him in the round in a way that I wasn't yeah. because Arsenal aren't my team and were pretty sure that he was good. And he, he yeah, yeah good. he seems to be more effective than I thought he would be. Like, every, I mean, again, he had not, not watched every game, but the few he played for Madrid and then, then his first loan spell at Arsenal none of it was that good. Like, technically brilliant player that couldn't affect games. And now All he his is. goals and the two goals. Were against crap teams, weren't they? Yeah. But he has uh, he has gone up a level now. And he's I guess... gone up a level. Yeah, no, I watched yesterday's game, although on my phone while soldering wires in my car, so not, not exactly. Okay, <laughs> <Get> you. <laughs> Did, you didn't breathe in any I'm acid. I'm telling you about my sulfuric acid mishap. You're just busy, like, building a car out of nothing. Yeah, well, yes, it's, it won't turn on at the moment. So I may may not have actually done that properly, but yeah, we'll see. But, you know, when you need to get some something proper done, get get the right man in. That's, that's the lesson here, I think. So let's talk about the winning goal then. What a goal. <laughs> what, a, what a moment, yeah. it's He's, he's, he's going to be some player, isn't he? Uh, I mean, he was really... the best player on the pitch for the last 20 minutes when he came on against Villa. Uh, I don't and... understand exactly why he didn't start, actually. Because today, yeah, well, because he's a much better player than Elanga, he's just a much clearly. better player than Elanga, and he'd earned it. And I guess Elanga is more more able to play on the right. But by the time Elanga went off, he was he was on the right, and Rashford was on the left. But what I really yep. liked about the goal was the way that he he started it by being yep. by keeping the width on the touchline. Yeah, and then the pass from Ericsson was crap. Not, it was even worse than the pass from Ronaldo. Right in the week, within his last week, they turned into a goal. But just that ability to, like, some players ease onto the gas, and he stamps onto the gas, and they're just yeah, there's yeah. different kinds of pace. Like there are some players who are just like Stephen Gerald. Once he gets going, like, so he wasn't brilliant over the first three yards, but once he gets to seven yards, he's just absolute dynamite. Garnacho is more like an Andy Cole kind of pace, where just the acceleration out of nothing is yep. ridiculous. And yeah, yeah. what he was able to do was then at that ridiculous pace, find a really composed finish. And that's the second time we've seen him do that. And I think it's that, that ability to execute a ridiculous pace. And today, like under pressure, you know, this is the last kick of the game. Yeah. Or you might snatch it, you might hammer it, but no, it's just a slid finish, just a really simple it's not show. It's not show offy either. It's just a really simple finish. And uh... oh no, didn't try to hammer it. It's not trying to stick that one in the top corner and or anything like that. Just really composed and and to be really unfair for a moment. Like, do we believe that Rashford or Martial or any of the other forwards who got the club would have would have finished that one? I'm not sure. No, no, uh, no Rashford definitely. Rashford and Martial like, don't score that because Martial's not making the run and yep. Rashford is not not a reliable finisher. But he even yep. had the composure then to go and take off his shirt and hold it up in front of the away end. And like, that was like a slight ha- uh, hand over eyes moment. Oh, mate, that's such bad behaviour. 
<laughs> but but also good we like that one that, oh, I didn't notice whether he got a booking for that one I, I presume he did I guess not. Yeah, he, he must have done but like, that could almost be two yellow cards like one for taking the shirt off and one for like waving the shirt with the name on in front of the crowd like a tit you're not allowed to incite fun that's the that's the thing but the great moment i mean uh, honestly it was uh, it was it's one of those games that really could have gone uh, the other way i mean united were way too open i'm sure ten hag's not happy about that but 93rd minute 18 year old kid the the new favorite just yeah brilliant brilliant moment and it like there's so few kids come through the youth team and actually make it although there's obviously a history at united but yeah the the chances of making it even being a good player, are so small. But I'd be absolutely shocked if he doesn't have a, a really good career. Uh, there was a report in the midweek saying his contract actually runs till 2025 and uh, United relaxed about it. Uh, it. Yeah, that was, I have to say, news to me. Everyone was worried that it was uh, 23 and running out this summer. So maybe he signed an extension at some point that wasn't published. But that's true. It seems if that's unlikely. true, that's good. Yeah, so. it seems unlikely that he's not going to be a United player at least one more contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure they sort it out. It's just uh, with every performance, there's a few extra pounds on the contract. He's not there. going to the World Cup, so he's actually he's not. Got, so he's got time to get stronger. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. I think he'll be he'll be very helpful in the rest of the season, and at some point he's just going to have to become a first choice. And it doesn't look like that time is very far away at all. I no, it really doesn't. He he was in the extended or the provisional Argentina squad. They just got a lot of forwards, Argentina. So he must have been close because he, he he was in the squad in March as well. Not not actually made his debut yet. I don't think. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't take him just because he seems like a good wild card. Yeah. So just if you need a goal and everything else has failed, just someone with that kind of ludicrous pace and confidence is is quite helpful. But I mean, yeah, as you say, like they're they're pretty well stocked, so you can understand. Yeah, why they I mean, they, but... took, they took Pablo Dybala, who hasn't played in a couple of months. So uh, and honestly, I never thought he was that good. But I guess he's an experienced player that. Um, the manager trusts so it's fine i'm not i'm not i'm not that worried about garnacho not going for him there'll be other opportunities yeah there and he's got he's got the chance to he'll be in the training camp in in spain maybe and hit the hit the weights in the gym and i'm sure he's going to play a big part in, part in the second half of the season i mean clearly he's, he's a great option for united martial is uh, not going to remain fit because he never does. You just can't trust him uh, and or his motivation. And and Ronaldo, who knows? Like Ronaldo got a mystery illness. What a surprise. I I, I have to say I was 100% sure he wouldn't play in this game. Yeah, yeah. well, they've got a game in midweek, haven't they? And he yeah. and he's desperate for that. Those, that that's yeah, yeah. Two, those 200 caps. Yeah. And Z- zero fun. chance he was playing today. I I, I, I presumed it would so. be the hip flexor, which is the go-to when he doesn't want to play. But I'm more honest. than happy for him not to be there because, again, like we need the points now, and he's not in the best team. He's not in our best team, and there's pressure yep. to pick him. And also, we're we're trying to become good, and he's not part of that. And whoever yep. comes in to take his place in the squad is not going to be anything like him. So playing him just is totally getting. Totally counterproductive, really, and he, I don't. It just doesn't seem. I mean, I guess the players don't seem to mind having him around, as in, like you see them subsequently after the games and whatever, and they seem to have some kind of good relationship with him. Like he's so to say that he's not good for team morale is an easy thing to trot out, but probably isn't true. 
but he just isn't good for the team. And I can't believe the players aren't aware. Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting with Ten Hag because he's always very positive about him and played him a whole bunch recently. I mean, partly that's because Sancho's out. Martial's obviously been out uh, most of this and season. Anthony's, out, yeah. Anthony's been injured. So United have been light on forwards. And like if everyone can stay fit in the second half of the season, then yeah, perhaps it's going to be more like the first part where Ronaldo's a squad player and finishing those last few months of the of the contract, presumably never to play for United again after this season. Yeah, well, good. And one of the other things I was thinking, I did that Tenach's interview afterwards, where he was clearly, I mean, he was buzzing as you as you would hope, but he's always talking about mentality, and I always find this really interesting yeah. because Pete, when when Roy Keane talks about it, then people are oh, he's a, he's a dinosaur. But when you've got someone like Tenach, who's a technocrat and a coach, like those are the things he's 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 renowned for. He's been hired to be United manager because he's good at coaching because he's forward thinking yep. tactician, and he's still always banging on about mentality as well. Yeah. So and and maybe, cause specific plays out for it as well. Yeah, maybe it's important. Um, maybe when Roy Keane, who's won all those all those trophies, talks about it, maybe he's actually right. And. <laughs> I, I thought it's interesting. In... Susan on Twitter is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. Um, it, I, I, I never trust a player-related avatar on Twitter. It's, yeah, it's a weird, weird, weird thing about not even football, that, like, isn't it? Just people that talk so much about tactics. Tactics are obviously important, but talent and mentality yep. are always going to be more important. And mentality. Maybe mentality is itself a talent as well, like the ability to execute under pressure, to yes. not to not be cowed. I mean, we saw it in the cricket as well today, where yep. the man with the fucking him, the biggest bollocks in the world who makes <laughs> who makes Buster Gonad look, yep. look like a newborn baby is it's Ben Stokes. It's just that ability. Ben Stokes always Ben Stokes. Yep. Refocus a game and make it about you just for a little bit. Yeah, and the ability to find the thing that a moment needs, and the best sportsmen, they they all have timing, just to do whatever happens to be necessary at a particular point, right whether moment. it's what yeah. they usually do or something completely different to what to what they do, like Casemiro's goal against Chelsea, or I hate to say it, but that goal the company scored for City against Leicester. Uh, like certain kinds of personality. I don't think yeah, company yeah. was that good a defender, but in terms like actual defending, but his personality made him a much better defender sure. than his reliability in terms of performing the actual art of defending actually was. Yeah. And it's interesting that the thing about Keane and and he he sounds he does sound old fashioned when he as a pundit when he keeps going on about this kind of stuff because he's he doesn't he doesn't talk about football sort of in the round but as a player clearly yeah, he's not, he's not he, right was every, he was everything and he had that he had that mentality he he knew the moments didn't yeah, he? yeah and he's but Keane's not right about everything there's no. sometimes he talks and yeah he, it doesn't sound quite in step with where the game now is but. Just in terms of his general principles, that talent, talent and mentality, like are the yeah. most important things. That that remains the case, and that will, that will never change. Yeah, work hard, and your talent comes through. He was called out by Wayne Rooney this week. Rooney said that uh, there's no way that he'd have ever actually stood for Ronaldo's antics as a player. 
<laughs> of course he wouldn't. <laughs> so. I mean, that was a really like his support of Ronaldo this season has been very, very peculiar. I, I, I don't get it. Just as a bloke or as a player, right? I, I, I yeah, I, I, I don't get it. But in general, I still feel he's quite an astute reader of of, of what's going on, because in the end, football. It's not that football is simple exactly, is because you can make it complicated if you want to, but it's more actually that people are complicated. And Keane, I yep. think, has a good appreciation of that. Even though he's not always able to, wasn't always able as a manager to extract the most from all the different personalities. Yep. He, he, he knows that he himself is complicated. And it's about the ability to get the best out of yourself. I think with him, it's more that he thinks that everyone should be able to take responsibility for getting the best out of themselves because that's what you're meant to do. It, it's funny. Some some great players are not always able to translate what they were as a player to to management. And clearly, Keane, yeah, you know, he he always sort of struck me as being a frustrated manager in that he he never really had the group of players of the kind of talent he played with and wasn't able to. I don't think really in any of his spells as a manager uplift the no, players no, he was around. Glenn Hoddle had that the, thing the as well, where he was yes. a he was a magnificent player and was kind of seemed frustrated with the players of inferior quality. Well, as Sunderland, Sunderland did he do well. Took them, he took them from bottom to promotion. Right, yeah, he did a brilliant job. Fair enough, yeah, yeah. Sunderland promoted, and then he kept them up for a season. So he he did a, he did do a really good job at Sunderland in those, those first two seasons. Hoddle also. Hoddle, as an English coach, was actually a bit ahead of his time. He he was. I mean, he he moved to three at the back, didn't he? Uh, was, trying, he was manager yeah. when when England won Le Tournoi, was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that that was him. And he and he also he understood that you, if you want to try and win a game, you have to you have to dominate midfield. He would have got much more out of the the golden generation, if we have to call them that, than Sven did, because yeah. he would have had the bollocks to drop someone. Yeah, and it definitely wouldn't have been Paul Scholes. Yeah, <laughs> and he wouldn't have played four four two. He would have. Right. He would have found a way of because he 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 just understood that you need you need three in midfield at international level, and he the problem with Hoddle was in the end was he sort of I guess got too pleased with himself. He got. I mean, he also. I mean, he got a bit unlucky bit of a weirdo in, in, yeah. in that in that Argentina World Cup. Probably he just. He took a little bit too long to pick to find his right team. He sort of knew before the competition that Beckham and, and Owen were in it, but yeah, he was basically trying to take Beckham down a few pegs. And he was he was who, who do you play? He played uh, Darren Anderton at wingback or something in the opening game of that World he Cup. He did, but Anderton so, also was still playing in the Colombia game, I think, because did he not score? But yeah, maybe he played. Yeah. He played Sheringham instead of Owen, and Owen came off the bench against Romania and scored. Yeah, and they lost anyway. And then that game they had to win against Colombia. I think Owen Owen played that one. So Beckham. I actually for that England Colombia game, I was I was in Egypt. I was in the desert. There's this little place in Sinai where uh, so it's close to the border with Israel. Where in those days, like weed wasn't legal, but it was where kids from Israel used to go and basically buy humongous bags of weed for no money whatsoever <laughs> and die. And it was just these beautiful beaches with no one there, really, and just and like hammocks and that kind of thing. It was amazing. And yep. so I was there. And so we all settled down to watch England Columbia or whatever for that, that game. And it's like, oh, 
They're showing Tunisia against Romania. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, that's, I, I mean, England, England aren't my team, but I definitely wanted to watch England and Colombia and not Tunisia and Romania. <laughs> Tunisia and Romania we watched. Smoking a huge doobie. But better than smoking uh, sulfuric acid or what have you been on this weekend, I suppose. <laughs> Maybe it's superior in line form. So where do, where do you think United are now? Heading into the break, what, 15 games, so a third uh, of the season, just over a third of the season gone. Progress. But no, it, loads it, of it, progress. Absolutely loads of progress. Because especially if you bear in mind that we lost the first couple of games. If you yeah. almost and got hammered by City. So if you yeah, yeah so all got if you like, you can't forget about those games because they took place and <laughs> but Aside from aside from the games that they did badly, and they did aside well. from getting hammered in those games, <laughs> apart from when they were what shit, have the Romans done for us? Yeah, yeah, they were not shit. But yeah, the first two games sort of feel like their own thing. A new manager trying to work out what to do, trying to find the most politically acceptable way of getting rid of the people he thinks twats, and we paid heavy price for that. But since then, there's been a lot of good football. Big improvements, likable players, not enough goals. Not enough goals. Just the 20 goals, so which is fewer than Arsenal, City, Newcastle, Tottenham, My, way, way Liverpool, at Brighton and Fulham. Yeah, way, and way fewer way, than way Brentford. Few, yeah, way, few, way fewer than those, than those teams. Yeah. Even Leeds in 15th have scored more goals than us. But there is the sense that there are, there are more goals in this team. And... Yeah, they create they create chances. I mean, as I said, six big chances today, fourteen shots. That's that's good. That's good against Fulham side who've been all right this season. So it is the finishing. It's the it's the finishing off. Like any any number nine doesn't have to be the best in the world. Any number nine, I think, makes this team better. And also, yeah, just someone just someone to play off as well. Someone yeah. you, can, you can hold the ball up. You will automatically get the ball into the opposition penalty area more often and have the opportunity to then create more. So. Even if you miss more, you should also, which I'm sure they will. You would also, you would also score more. So, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I think that, yeah, we still need, we need to, we need, we need a centre forward, and it needs to be, it needs to be someone good. I know, I know. You just said that even a, even a crap centre forward would be good, and I agree with you. But I guess in the summer, I would put everything I had to put into getting a centre forward first of all and I would if it only meant one player and it was the right centre forward I would do that even though there are other departments that we'd, I'd like that I guess you're trying to trying to get Maguire out mm-hmm. and with the money you can get from Maguire say which won't be much but yeah it will be something yeah you're trying to find a young centre back who's going to take over from Varane and play when Varane's not fit which is obviously a lot of the time Yeah, yeah. you just need to pick the right one I, I, I suspect, I mean, they're obviously going to try and do a deal for Maguire somewhere and, and when Bazaka will be off at some point. Well, I mean, Maguire presumably will want to leave. He's 29. He right, knows. Right. He knows. I, I, I would choice. be on the phone to Newcastle. Wouldn't you like the England captain? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't this help your PR effort? See, uh, it's, like, it's like the time, um, unfair comparison, like the time United sold uh, when Sebastian Veron to, to Chelsea and got a good fee for him as well so did you yeah. just compare Harris Maguire to Juan Sebastian Verón? I did I did I, I said it was unfair it was, I did well, I, the coolest I, man ever to play football we're one of the least the biggest <laughs> dreams ever to play football like Maguire was like that lummox in the playground who yeah. 
he sort of sits on his own. And then at the beginning, like the first lesson, like he turns up in like dirty uniform and sits on his own. And then you get in the playground, you're like, shut up, you can play. No way. The comparison really is with the the filthy money at the other end of the deal. <laughs> we'll see. I, I noticed you enjoyed, as I did, Maguire's cover story in Sunday Times magazine today, where he's wearing what looks to be a chocolate brown velvet suit, which I don't know whether it's his or they dressed him in. Or, uh, or he himself. It's a strong yes. look. It's a strong look from Harry. <laughs> hang, just hang on one second. I need to call my daughter up to go to bed. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. No. But yeah, I laugh my ass off at that. Maguire photo. Just everything about it is brilliant. Obviously, the brown suit, the the not fashionable person trying to be dead fashionable, the bright white trainers. I don't know. Maybe yep. this is just maybe this is just me being old. But amongst my group of mates, when you got a new pair of white trainers, or really one of the first things you wanted to do was sort of scuff them up a little bit. It's so like the same as when new. you have a haircut. You don't want to look like a twat who's just had a haircut because it was always <laughs> sort of viewed as like a bit, a bit poncy. You know, everyone wants to look good and everyone... Like, so you'd have your haircut, but you didn't want it to be too short so it looked like you were making an effort because yep. I guess the point, like, calls meant to be effortless. So if your crep are just absolutely like you can do, you can see your face in them, that was that was not done, and and also the ball is just in such an awkward position that it looks yeah, yeah. like it's somehow been shanked, and he's looking the other way. He oh, well, yeah, and it could be with him the old-fashioned ball to match the suit, and then staring directly into the camera with his come hither eyes looking <laughs> directly at you. <laughs> I mean, amazing. He's he's going to go to the World Cup, and he'll start for for Southgate's England and it's it's a quarterfinal exit for because he's going to fuck up in a in a major game it may um, be him it may be him it may be someone else it could be it could be anyone I don't know I think that I mean England could be anyone but what I would say about Maguire and that interview is I thought he comes over okay he there's there's an official pod where he gives a long interview and he seems like a sound bloke and I know I know that we like to take the piss out of him because, I mean, partly that's just because we're football fans. Taking the piss out of footballers is what you do, like, particularly yep. the players that play for your own team, and the, particularly the players that really encourage you to do so with their public pronouncements, whether by deed or by word. But I do think Maguire's probably a good boy. Look, I, I don't, I actually don't doubt that. And I, I think he hasn't helped himself over time by posting sort of fairly bland, inane social media posts, apologising all at the wrong time when you actually want the performances. So I'm, I'm sure he's sound enough. And his transgressions while under the influence in uh, in Greece were a one-off or something like that. Well, no, he, he actually in the Times interview talks about that. And he says the way he tells the story is very different to the, he, the... There were no transgressions. He said he wasn't on a lad's holiday. He was well out with his, with his family someone like someone's put something his sister got spiked he was trying to help her out and he ended up getting walloped by the police and ending up i can't exactly remember the details he ended up getting beaten about the legs with truncheons by the police and ended up in a cell and he says that he has a totally he's not worried about it because his conscience is totally clear that he did absolutely nothing wrong and it sounded very believable. Like, I don't think he... He hasn't come across as the kind of bloke who's raising hell on holiday. And no, and at the raised... time, remember, he gave that interview to Dan Rohn and, and gave a good account of himself and uh, put up a, a strong defence. So, 
Should I? Anyway, I mean, I'm, I could... I'm sure he'll be keeping out of trouble in in Qatar in whatever compound they're in, <laughs> unless he's on the pitch. In which case, either him or John Stones or one of them will most definitely be giving England some trouble. I mean, yeah, it was right. it was it was Stones last time, wasn't it, against Croatia? Yep. One of them. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. The actual squad, the England squad, is it looks like pretty balanced. Although you look at the midfield options and. If your your first change is going to be Phillips, who hasn't played any minutes this season, or Henderson, who's shot, it's that's not good. But the attacking options look pretty exciting. The myth, they've got, uh, they, they've got Southgate never wants defense. to use they've them. Got, really. They've got good They've got they've got loads of good players. I don't think Southgate will find the best team that there is there. Um, and, and, he, and he knows the defenders aren't good, so what his way of doing that is to have more of them and to try and block the other team off with two blokes in front of them. Whereas another way of doing it is to try and keep the ball down the other end and also to outscore them. And they're not going to change into a possession team. But I'm sure he plans once he gets to the knockouts, he's hoping that Phillips is fit. And it'll be be Rice, Phillips, and then Bellingham, if he's made a compelling case in that time, or or Mount. It won't be be Bellingham, Rice, and an attacker. That just seems really unlikely. But... It, it does, and, and Mount will be in one of the forward positions or at number 10, Well, uh, where, it's, where I mean, he doesn't it's really easy. produce enough. So. It's also, it's really easy for the likes of us to say, well, I would play Rice, Bellingham and an attacker because it's not our ass on the line if it goes wrong. I think one of the things that frustrates me watching England about Southgate is that his refusal to countenance attackers that aren't Sterling and Kane. Yeah. Now, Kane, I understand why you might want him on the pitch at all times. He's the captain. He's the only real class centre forward you've got. And if there's a chance dropping, even if he's played out his ass, you want the chance dropping to him. And he's also just deadly from sort of 12 to 22 yards. Probably from that range, the best finisher I've ever seen. And so I get that. But Sterling, I don't think, is that much more talented than Saka, Rashford, Foden, those other players that you might use. And but it, just, it does all this strength and depth doesn't matter if you won't use it. And in the Euros, he basically yeah. refused to use it. That's right. That's right. Even and even when the game was going the wrong way, he he wasn't able to change. One it. thing I did notice so, in that Maguire in that Maguire interview actually was he he called it. I mean, obviously, I'm going to say accurately because it happens to tally with my own personal opinion, which of course is accurate. But he said that against Croatia in that semi, they. They, they they sort of settled for a goal up and and similarly against Italy they didn't push the pace and yep. Croatia is easier to understand ultimately once that Croatian midfield got going England didn't have the players to compete with them and at that stage Croatia's best is probably better than England's best but England should have beaten Italy and I also they should have beaten Italy relatively comfortably as well and they didn't because they've got a manager who only who's managed like Middlesbrough and managed England like he's managing Middlesbrough when that's not the same, that's not the way of it because England have players now that are good enough to compete with almost everyone in the game of football. They're not going to out that's possession, right. they're not going to out possession Spain, but they wouldn't, they don't need to go and if they get the ball into attacking areas. Yeah, they've got, they've got lots and lots of talent. Anyway, we'll do a, we're going to do a World Cup preview, I think, with Tom. And I've had a conversation with a couple of researchers from Amnesty to talk about the sort of wider context uh, around Qatar. So that will be coming up in in the week. And we'll be back with the normal United pod sometime in December. I'm not sure whether we'll be bothering to do a 
preview of United versus Burnley in the EFL Cup three days after the, the World Cup final. But we'll be probably bad to talk about that completely pointless game, completely the wrong time. What a what a strange season this will be. Anyway, backers, stay tuned. We'll have a little chat about the weekend's games. Now, so we'll catch you soon. Tara, please.